Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens. And so today we have a a very special guest, Mary Dieters. And so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here this morning. And so you have a company called Super Speech Solutions LLC. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's the name of my company. And uh, so tell us what you do. Sure. So I'm a speech therapist. I work with both children and adults. My favorite population is working with kids. And um, you later we'll be talking about what speech therapy really is. But first, I wanted to tell you how I actually became a speech therapist. So to be honest, I really did not know what speech therapy was at all. My dad is a doctor in Houston. He's actually retired now, but he has been working as a radiologist in Houston. And so he's actually the one who introduced me to speech therapy. He had been working with speech therapists at the hospital um, and they would you know, help him run the swallow studies for adults at the hospital. And so I actually, after high school was over, went to observe speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy at Herman Hospital here in Houston. And the second I saw what a speech therapist does, I just loved it immediately. It just really spoke to me. Helping someone communicate is a really big deal, being able to instill confidence in that person. And so since then, there was no turning back. And here we are many years later, and I'm still loving what I do. So it was definitely a good choice for me. Well, that's great. Dad didn't want you to be a doctor? Um, Well, you know, I really wasn't good at science. (laughs) My dad and I are actually really close, and he always just wanted me to do what I really loved. And so thankfully, both him and my mom have always been supportive in my career journey, all areas of my life, and never pressured me to become something I didn't want to do. So I'm really lucky and blessed. Even better. So it sounds like you had some great parents. So I do. Uh, so let's talk to people who are maybe not real familiar with speech therapy and tell them exactly, you know, a little bit about what a speech therapist does. Sure. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, like you mentioned, don't really know what a speech therapist does. So I like to describe speech therapy from the neck up because there are a lot of different things that we work on. One of them is just the area of speech. So speech and language often get confused, but the area of speech by itself really just has to do with how someone sounds when they talk. So sometimes children or adults can have trouble saying certain sounds. So that's an area that we work on. The second area we work on is language. So that has more to do with following directions and how someone expresses themselves verbally, whether they're using gestures like pointing or they're using one word, two words, short sentences and things like that. The third area that I feel like a lot of people don't know about that we can help with is feeding and swallowing. So in the area of feeding and swallowing, children or adults can have difficulty with that due to different reasons. It could be, um, you know, for adults, it could be more on the medical side, having a traumatic brain injury, dementia, stroke, or Alzheimer's. Um, And for a child, sometimes it's uh, children who have autism Um, They may have sensitivity to certain issues um, and sensory issues. So they may not like how something looks. They may not like how something tastes. And therefore, they get labeled as a picky eater. Um, And I feel like, you know, like I said, that's because they 
have challenges when it comes to food and also with communication. Um, and the last area that we work on is cognition or the area of thinking. And again, that's more associated on the adult side, but if someone has a brain injury or stroke, their short-term memory might be affected. Um, and so we can work with them on memory strategies or training family members in that area. And it also could have you know, significant impact in terms of executive functioning skills, like with problem solving and organization. And so a lot of what we do is just assisting both the individual and the family with strategies that they can use to help with those new challenges that they have. Well, I was very surprised that you do a lot more than what I thought speech therapists do. So I'm so glad that you uh, added those things because I think a lot of people don't realize that your job is more than just helping someone learn how to, you know, how to say a word correctly. Um, and so, so it's yeah. fascinating. So that's, it's way more than I ever thought. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I could have gone on, honestly, there are other things we do too, but that's the basic meat of what we do. <laughs> so what are some red flags that parents should look for in regards to speech and language? I know when, with my son, he mm -hmm. didn't talk at all for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so he had to do speech therapy from probably about two till about four and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what we found out was that his sister talked a lot for him. <laughs> yes, very common with siblings. I see that a lot. He could point and, you know, and we'd say, you want something to drink? And, and he'd nod his head and, you, you know, we just got it. So sometimes we were a little bit of the problem. Um, so <laughs> what, yeah, a little bit of the problem, maybe a lot of the problem. Uh, <laughs> So what kind of uh, things should parents look for? So one of the things you're talking about is milestones in terms of speech and language. So for example, if a child is not using words by the time they're 12 months old, and certainly by the time they're 18 months old, that can be a red flag for, for communication. Um, those are the particular ages in which they should be starting to use words. And by two years old, a child should be using two words at a time, like for example, more juice. And by three, they should be using a short sentence like I want juice or even I want more juice. So again, if they're not meeting those specific goals in terms of using words, that, those are definitely red flags. Another one is if you're not able to understand 100% of what a child is saying by the time they're four, or I would say at the latest four and a half to five, that's definitely a big red flag. Um, by the time they're that age, you should be able to understand everything they say. And by you, I mean, not just you as a parent or caregiver or sibling. I mean, everyone should be able to understand what the child is saying. So they shouldn't have any trouble with sounds by that time. Now, if it's something like R and it's a later developing sound, um, that's usually something I wouldn't work on with older kids. But in general, for all, all the other sounds, then those ages would apply. So when you're thinking about um, children that um, may need some extra help, mm -hmm. um, how do they know that, you know, some people just say, well, you know, they'll, they'll get there, you know, mm -hmm. or just take, they're just going to take a little longer. Mm -hmm. um, and so is there an age level for children that you say, Hey, if they're, if they're really, if you really can't understand them by three, they need to be in speech therapy. 
Well, the first thing I usually like to recommend is that a parent talk to the pediatrician um, because a lot of pediatricians are really good about referring to us for speech therapy. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, they are really good about knowing when the referral needs to be made. But definitely I would say if a child certainly is two and they're not talking yet, or even if they're one and a half and not talking yet, that's a good time to refer to a speech therapist. Or in terms of if they're at the age of four to four and a half and you don't understand, like I said, if someone doesn't understand everything they're saying, that's also a good time to refer. So those are the age markers that I think are very important to look for. So your company does a lot of different things. You listed a bunch of them, then tell me there's a few more things that we didn't list. Yes. <laughs> so for you specifically, what is your area of specialty? Yeah, that's a great question. So I specialize in working with individuals who have autism or autistic individuals. Um, I also specialize in working with children who are late talkers, who have language disorders or language delays, you know, children who have trouble following directions or answering questions or using words to communicate. And on the adult side, I do also specialize in accent modification, which is something we do not talk about, but accent modification is a super interesting area. It's an elective service that adults may seek a speech therapist out for. And oftentimes they'll seek out a speech therapist for this because they want to be better understood at the workplace and sometimes socially as well. And I feel like their accent or the way they talk is actually impeding them from moving up in the workplace to a higher authoritative position. So if I wanted to get rid of my accent, you know, talk, uh, uh, maybe so you sound more intellectual. Uh, that's something that can be worked on because it is it more of pronunciation type? It is more pronunciation. And sometimes it can have to do with other things too, like rate of speech or prosody, like how melodic you sound. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about having an accent, I don't, really don't like, honestly, that it's called accent modification because it's not really changing the way that someone talks. It's really just, you know, working on things like pronunciation or rate of speech, um, trying to sound more American. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Like America, including myself, we're all here in a big melting pot. So um, really, I don't like to call it that. You know, I think we need to come up with a new term in the field because I think that term just doesn't really cut it, but that's an explanation of what it means, anyhow. Well, if you've traveled anywhere around the United States, American can sound a little different in a lot of different places. Yes, 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 that's very yeah, true. Most definitely. So for parents who are thinking that maybe they need speech therapy, um, what's the difference between, you know, in-school therapy? Because I know with my son, even though it's been a long time, he mm -hmm. started off with uh, at ECI, early childhood intervention. Mm -hmm. At three, they transitioning to the school district. So mm -hmm. he was doing speech therapy at the school district from three to four and a half. Um, what's the difference between what they're doing in school versus private speech therapy? Well, one of the nice things is I can specifically speak to that because in the past I actually did uh, work at another private practice and we did contract with charter schools. So I have done in-school speech therapy and now as we mentioned, I have my own practice. So the main difference is how many children are seen together. So typically in in-school speech therapy, it's a small group setting, two to four kids 
Um, maybe the child is seen individually. Honestly, that's pretty much a luxury depending on how high the caseload is. And with private speech therapy, typically sessions are always done individually. If it's a group session, it's for something specific, for example, like social skills. So, I mean, really, I feel like with private speech therapy, you know, there are less guidelines in terms of, you know, one of the things with school speech therapy, too, is you have to look for certain cutoff scores, number one. And that's the way the child would qualify for special ed services and for speech therapy in particular. And number two, um, you also would have the teacher more involved. So, I mean, typically within school speech therapy, you're going to have more communication with the teacher. However, with private speech therapy, you're going to have more communication with the parent. So there are some kids who really can benefit from both, but I definitely feel like having been on both sides of the coin, typically with my private clients, I see faster progress because, um, they're seen one-to-one -one. and typically, you know, talking to the parents after every session is really effective as well because then they can help them practice those skills at home too. So I find the continuity to be a little bit different than in the school setting. In the school setting, you still have contact with the parents, um, but usually it's more so during an ARD meeting, which is once a week year, which stands for annual review and dismissal. And so that's usually the time you talk to the parent. And because that's only once a year, you don't have as much contact with the parent. Well, then I'm grateful that my son is, uh, had his a long time ago because <laughs> mm -hmm. so, it was one-on-one, -on -one, you know, so for him. So that was good. And, uh, yes. All right, uh, Mira, if someone wants to find you, how do they do that? My email address is Mira, M-E-E-R-A, at superspeechsolutions.com. Or you're welcome to call me at 713-364-4398. And additionally, my website is superspeechsolutions.com. You can even go on there and schedule an appointment yourself, which is very handy. I don't even have to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. We can do that as well. So it's uh, definitely easier for a lot of people sometimes. Yes. All right. I just want to thank you for being on the show. It's been very educational. And um, and so and I hope that a, a lot of parents that uh, had some similar problems, like in my family, can um, can really get some good information um, from watching it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the last thing I wanted to mention is because I do online speech therapy as well as in-home visits. If anyone is in the entire state of Texas, I can see them online. And of course, if they're here in the city of Houston, I can do in-home visits. So just wanted to throw that last piece of information out there. Perfect. That's good information to have. And so I appreciate it immensely. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice. Thank you. Thank you.